This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is back. Hey, Jeff. Today is a special drive time edition of the show, and we won't be taking your calls, but we will be reading your emails and sharing our brand of advice on your latest home improvement project. Also, as grass cutting season comes and uh, comes to a close, we welcome back Andrew Hitchcock from Fondren Small en- uh, Engine Repair to help us properly put up our lawnmower. How are you guys doing today? Very good. It's a beautiful day. Jeff, you still with us? Man, I'm doing great. I'm back at work and um, um, trying to um, learn learn my job again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, you, you know, I can help you with that. Right. <laughs> so, uh, um, try it, man. Uh, just teasing. So, this uh, weekend, uh, as a project, I had a project this weekend. The uh, the wife told me the faucet was dripping. Uh, and what I mean by that is in the bathtub, right? So, um, and it was not dripping from the faucet head, but from the little the spout on the bottom. So I knew that must be the uh, little O-rings that go in the back of, not an O-ring, but more of a, a washer that goes in the back of um, the parts of the faucet stems. So what I did was I uh, went to the store and I found the little washers that go for mine. And they you can find them based on your uh, uh, on the brand of your faucet or uh, if you pull the little stem thing out, you can see the size and take it with you. But I was able to go in and all you have to do is take the handles off. And this is one of those two handle older kind of faucets where you, you know, hot and cold. So took those two handles off, and then you can uh, use a, a wrench to unscrew the stems that are in there, bring them out, and you'll see a worn uh, black gasket that's most likely flattened and doesn't really look like it's got much bounce anymore. Replace those for about a buck fifteen, and uh, put everything back in the same way you got it, and you're raring to go. No more drip. So that's what that's what we got into this weekend. How about you guys, Pam? Well, I'm currently having a love-hate relationship with my new miter saw stand. Um, I thought you told us last week that you, you were in love with this thing. Well, yeah, and then and then I decide I don't know. We're we're kind of having some communication issues. <laughs> oh, between you and the stand. Between me and the stand, it's one of those that will um, fold up right. so that you can store it. And mm-hmm. Pammy's having a little trouble on the folding up part, and. Um, I've read the instructions, I've watched YouTube, and I'm just, and I've already got the saw on it, of course. Right. So I've rolled it out of the shop, and I've used it several times. I just can't get it to fold up. Have you thought about just putting it on wheels and, you know? It is on wheels. That's what it is. It's a portable, I'm telling you, this thing is awesome. It's a... It's a DeWalt uh, portable stand that folds up. You can put a miter saw on it. Um, 
right. or a chop saw, whatever, and then you can roll it wherever you want to, and it's even battery operated. Right, so, so it, it, it's a worksite table. It is. Yeah. So I loaded it. That I pulled it out of my shop and pulled it out in the backyard because I was framing up. I've got a fence that I'm redoing mm-hmm. and some foundation stuff I'm doing. I thought, oh, this will be awesome. But then when I got ready to put it up, I couldn't get it to fold down. <laughs> <laughs> no. Crazy. That Jeff. defeats the purpose. Jeff. That's what I got it for. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a suggestion for Pam's little rolly thing? Yeah, Pam, I will come by after the show and show you how to do that. Do it. Oh, good. Well, you know, Oops. and I figured it was some kind of an exercise program, too, because you have to do a deep <laughs> knee bend <laughs> to get up right. and then back down. So I'm going to get in really good shape once I figure it out. <laughs> so, so have you had any honeydews, uh, Jeff? I sure did. I put in a vanity faucet. You did? Really? Personally. Wow. How'd it go? Um, well, <laughs> I'm from Paris, but it, 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 it actually took about a half a day. Right. That's, that's not terrible or unusual. The biggest thing is, are you, are you still on pain medication for what it did to your back when you're underneath the sink? I'm telling you, look, look, now this is crazy, but I did, I did kind of hurt my knee. So I thought I might have a work cop. Uh, case, uh-huh. but but then I realized I was working for myself, so uh, I didn't think it was uh, well, going to be a work. Con- well, doesn't <laughs> just fire the contractor? That's easy. Well, I know it. I tried to fire myself. I couldn't do that either. All right. Well, good I'm going to tell you, a plumber is worth their weight in gold, in my opinion. Oh yes. Oh, well, absolutely. I thought about calling a plumber, and then you know I said. No, I'm not. If if I cannot put this vanity faucet in, I need to hang the tool belt up. Oh, so, oh, yeah, oh, oh. That, yeah. So, it's a challenge. All right, I did. I, I did it. Well, get this. Java uh, bought a stud finder. So we had talked about the stud finder several times on the on the show about how to find the stud in the wall by finding you know the the screw or nail head. So, and uh, Java went out, and then he saw that 3M just released the 3M Claw drywall picture hanger that can hold up to 15 pounds, 25 pounds, or 45 pounds. No tools, no studs, just push it right in the drywall. So, did you try this thing, Java? Did you get it and try it? No, well, I got the stud finder, and of course, I was finding all the studs all over the house right. just because it was something fun. <laughs> right. It was something fun to do. <laughs> Right. And it was and it was pretty easy. Like I heard y'all keep talking about the stud finder, and I'm I guess admittedly so. I'll let you know I'm like Mr. Thumbtack King. Oh, so yeah? I will hang a, a number of things using thumbtacks, right. and it's just sitting pretty up there. You won't even know it. Right. But I know it's not as secure as in the stud. So I got the stud finder. It's finding all the studs. But then you know how you find something, uh-huh. and then something you find something similar, and mm-hmm. then 3M. Claw came out, and it was saying it could hold up to what forty five pounds. Right. All you do is push it into the wall. Yeah. You don't have to find any studs. You don't need any tools. I said, 
this is what I've been looking for, but I went and got the stuff finder now. I got to get my hammer out and stuff, but it was just. Well, let me tell you, uh, we have a mutual friend here, and I'm not going to say who it is, but um, they were trying to hang a, a, a uh, shelf for quite a long time, and I believe it might have been in the sheetrock. Well, man, it's only a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, it has no hold. No, no. So, um, well, good. I'm glad you had fun in the stud finder. And, and for everyone else who have not who have missed that, it's about uh, the stud finders are about basically magnets. If it's got whirly birds on it and lights and all this other stuff, you don't need it. It's not necessary. A, a good stud finder, it can be just a, a real strong magnet. So. Yeah, that's that's it. And it's one thing to, um, you know, some people, they can look at a wall and say, there's a stud. There it is. Yeah. There's a stud. There's a stud. No, <laughs> I'm I'm not that guy. So, right. but and it has a little arrows on there. So, you know exactly where you're supposed to hang things. And it's it's a neat little tool. Like if anybody needs to get it, like it's just was on Amazon. OK, for a couple bucks. That's cool. All right. Uh, we got an email here, guys. This one is on siding and paint. And uh, it says, please tell me, what do you think about installing vinyl aluminum material or doing minor repairs and painting house eaves? Also, we like to know the name of this good exterior paint. Again, you mentioned a few weeks ago, you said it cost around $50, gallon, uh, $50 a gallon. Pam, this, was, uh, this is probably the third email asking for what that paint was that you said that was such a good paint that you have used. Go ahead and say it again, although it's not an endorsement. Go ahead and say what you... What you well, you know, I got to find the file first. Let Jeff talk about the soffits and let me go get my notebook. Yeah, well, that works. Okay, Jeff, let's talk soffits. This guy wants to uh, install vinyl or aluminum material or uh, doing uh, minor repairs to the painting house eaves. Is that something you recommend for a DIYer? No, I really don't. That, um, especially if you're going to install the um the aluminum you know it takes it takes special tools to do that it's not worth it if you're just going to do one uh if you're going to install vinyl uh you need to excuse me remove your existing soffit and fascia material and then install the vinyl so it's i don't consider that a a a a do-it-yourself project okay what about uh painting a soffit do you think you could do that absolutely okay so of course you know we're 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 getting on a ladder now most most accidents resulting from a ladder it's not you falling off the ladder it's the ladder is set on unstable ground meaning one leg is on a rock one leg is is something uneven and the the ladder, you know, comes out from under you. That that's, that's your typical ladder accident. Interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. Make, make certain that your ladder is, is standing properly and, and remove all debris from around it. Okay. You also need to make sure that you've put that ladder up correctly. It's, as I understand it, and Jeff, I don't know, you may have some different information, but when you're putting a ladder up against a house, you should have the base of the ladder at your feet and extend your arms out to create that angle. There's okay. an incorrect angle, and you're coming over backwards. Oh, wow. Well, that's a great way that, to put it. You know, that's, that's a good point. 
uh, it's also a good idea to get the, uh, we call them bullhorns. Some people call them standoffs. And yeah, that go on the ladder. Exactly. Yeah, and it keeps uh, keeps the ladder from being on the gutter. Hey, uh, tell us that $50 paint there. Uh, Aura, A-U-R-A, semi-gloss. Aura, semi-gloss. Okay, folks. Aura, semi-gloss. There you yep. go. Get it at Brooks. So if you can believe it, only three minutes of your time will help pay for another year's worth of Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. It's drive time, and if you're planning or on helping or uh, helping out uh, the nonprofits that are in your life that are meaningful, now is the time. Today is your last day of our fall campaign. You can do that by giving at mpbonline.org or by calling 888-372-4483. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Now... On the show, we are joined by one of our many experts that we feature on the show. Love this guy. Andrew Hitchcock from Finder and Small Engine Repair is on the line. How you doing, Andrew? Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me on again, man. Yeah. How are uh, you doing? Uh, very good. And Pam is on the line along with Jeff, and we're all here. And uh, there's going to be some things we need to talk about because the grass is now stopped really growing. I think a couple of people out there are still mowing for leaves and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But... um. So we're we're getting to that time um, when when everybody started social distancing at first back in March. Everyone had uh, time at home and uh, well manicured lawn and beautiful. Did you did you see a spike in your business at that time? Oh yeah, yeah. Now isn't that about the time when you called me with the generator problem? I did, I did, yeah. I did. I called you. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you've got people that are finally getting around to getting on these projects like you and that generator. And then you've got people that, you know, they're working from home. They're, they're realizing how little or how much free time they actually have. And so they're getting to do more yard work. So yeah, right. definitely I saw a huge spike in, in, in calls and in work, which I'm thankful for. But has it slowed down yet? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously with the, with, like you said, with the grass slowing down, people aren't mowing as much and, you know, all, the busy season is right at the beginning of the um, spring when people are getting that equipment out for the first time. It's not starting, so by now they've either gotten things fixed, or they bought a new one, or right. the other one away. So now it's just you know winding everything down. Okay, I've got an email for you here that that really uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna press you on, but I'm also gonna ask Pam and Jeff their opinions too. Don't know if you can help me with writing bon- lawnmower advice. Well, we can't. We got a guy. Might have to buy a new one. Looking for advice on what brand to buy. Looking for a zero-turn mower for home use. Lots of land, 10 to 12 acres. What are the top three brands? Reliability and local servicing are main factors. Price, too. Oh, yeah. A good value value more than just a low price. Okay. So this is kind of a loaded question, but I'll do my best to answer it briefly. Okay. There's a boatload of different brands. Uh, long story short, they all make the bodies and stuff themselves and they outsource stuff like wheels and engines. So you're mm-hmm. really just buying the deck and all the controls and everything else. Right. All right. So that being said, you've got the big box 
and then uh-huh. you've got the small engine shop or large small engine shop. You, you go by like you got like John Deere's and Grasshoppers and Bad Boys and Gravely's and right. you know, the list goes on. So you've got those ones and you've got the ones at the big box stores. Now the ones at the big box stores are gonna be cheaper and they probably use very similar or the same engines as these other ones. The problem is, is when those ones at the big box stores break, where do you go? And if you take them to the big box store, I've got news for you. They're not fixing them there. So a lot of times they have to outsource them. They'll ship them off somewhere, have them fixed, and they'll ship them back. And that takes a tremendous amount of time, sometimes months. I mean, and, and where are you going to, how are you going to mow your grass when your lawnmower's gone for months? So right. that being said, I really like the going to some place, you know, like uh, Rebel Outdoor Power or Mitchell's or someplace like that. Get get something nicer and more expensive, and when it breaks, you can just call them up, and they'll take care of it. A lot of times they're in a warranty, too, which, again, even if you have a warranty at a big box store, it's still going to take forever to get it fixed. Right. So so, uh, so we kind of turned the screws on you, but you, you, you dodged a little bit on me. So... <laughs> I'm gonna what need to, I'm gonna need to come back to you. What what three brands would you recommend? And you know what? I'll give you a reprieve on this and tell you that you don't have to number them. You can just say three. It doesn't have to be one, two, and three. Oh, um, so you don't have to rate them. Oh man, uh, I like the Gravelys. I think they're nice machines, and they're um, they're nice. They're expensive though. You've got Bad Boys that are made here, and and in, in, in Mississippi, I think. I may be wrong. They're made in the southeast somewhere. Um, really, yeah. you could get one from, you can get like a John Deere or something from a John Deere dealer. Right. Uh, okay. So, yeah, right. you know, it's just going to be expensive either way. Right. But, you know, you get what you pay for. So we're looking at so we're looking at one of the brands that might not come from the big boxes, but might come from one of the... Uh, uh, there are those stores that sell lawn equipment and things of that nature, pumps and generators and lawn equipment and everything else. The 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 good thing about those, and you might see them, they're like still dealers and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. Uh, but and they're usually not a big store. It's usually about the size of a local hardware store. However, um, I guess if you if you go to one of those now, you did say that the same engines are being used in all of them, correct? I mean, generally, right. you've got now you know, you've... 12 horsepower Briggs and Stratton engines, Kawasaki engines, you know, Kohler engines, but they're they're pretty much the same. Right. Now, you've suggested in the past that Honda and Kohler were good engines to stick with. Um, yes. Is that something that you would also look for in one of the uh, big mowers like that? Well, not in big mower, not a Honda in a big mower. Okay. Um, I think Honda is really known for making big engines in a big mower, but the you do see big Briggs and Stratton engines, Kawasaki engines, and Kohler engines, and I think they're all fine engines. Okay. All right. Um, hey, Jason. Yes, sir. I'd like to make a comment on what Andrew said. Okay. Um, back back when we had our little mini farm, I had 22 acres, so I, I cut a lot of grass, and I bought a, a commercial-type, uh, mower uh-huh. from uh, Divini, and uh, yeah, it it was it was it was more money than I could have gone to my big box stores. But I can tell you this, and 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 they will they will require service. They will break.
break on you. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there's nothing more frustrating than you go out there to cut your grass and the and the mower's not performing properly. But I can tell you this, when you buy from something other than your big box stores, nine times out of ten, you take it back, they jump right on it, they get it fixed. Uh-huh. You're you're you know, you're back mowing in, in, in a couple of days. So there's a lot of value in spending uh-huh. a little bit more money up front. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Pam, uh, do you deal in that sort of thing at all, or is this something you just kind of fly by? No, I actually agree. Um, I've gone to the small shops to purchase my lawn equipment for that very reason, because I can then I take it in and I'm kind of a nerd. I have mine. The end of the once all the leaves are down and I've mulched everything, I take my lawnmower in and have them clean it up, make sure everything's okay. So the next year. But I, and I take it in every year oh. to have it looked at just to make sure that it's yeah, Pam, okay. you're the oddball. You're, uh, you're the I one that know, does it. Now, now, Andrew will tell you that you should do that. Year. Right. <laughs> you, I, you think I want now? I bet you floss every night, too. Floss every night, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I read all yeah. the manuals. Right, yeah. Just, yeah. Man, She's that person. All that. Right. All right, so, Andrew, uh, as the year moves to a close, what are the steps to properly store your lawnmower for the winter? How, how do we winterize our mower? Uh, well, depending on what you have, uh, I'm just going to say this. This is going to be about the homeowner lawnmower push mower walk behind self-propel. Mm-hmm. If you are going to be using it for mulching leaves, which is what a lot of people do, the best thing you can do is make sure you've had an oil change and an air filter change within the past year, and then you need to just run it, run it throughout the season. Now, if you're one of the people that will put the mower up at the end of the season, you're not going to get it out till spring. Mm-hmm. Mow, mulch those leaves one last time. Don't put any fuel in it. Let the gas run out, and that's how you're going to need to store it, and that will keep the gas from going bad over the season. And what a lot of people think they can do is just pour gas out of the tank and think they're good, but they're right. forgetting about all the gas that's left in the carburetor and fuel line. So you want to run it out until it's completely dry, uh, and that's how you want to store it. Cool. Um, so you, you like the idea of that. What about we always have folks call and ask about stabilizers. What's your thought there? Um, I, I, this is general. This, this is what I always say, and I, everybody's opinion is different, and you know what they say about those. Right. Um, I tell people that if you are having to put a fuel stabilizer in your fuel, uh, it means you're trying to keep your fuel for too long. Buy less fuel. Um, especially, don't put. You don't need to be putting stabilizers in your lawnmower. Just run the fuel out. Why take the risk? Because I have seen stabilizers cause whole uh, a whole different kind of uh, issue with the engine and carburetor. So oh. you're just trading. It's not always, but you're trading one problem for another when you do that. Mm-hmm. Now, I get somebody that lives out the country and they buy, you know, 30 gallons of gas at a time. Yeah, use a stabilizer because you can't use it fast enough. Right. But if you got a lot more, just run it out. Right. All right, one last question. Uh, you're the small engine repair guy, so I'm assuming you don't like electric mowers? Uh, <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with them. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> I hate working on them uh, because there's a lot of little screws and stuff you got to get to parts. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I I love them because they're simple and they're getting really powerful with the mo- with the brushless motors and the uh, lithium ion batteries. 
And I hate them, again, because I think that eventually I'm going to be out of jobs uh, because they're they're getting so good that they are beginning to compete Uh-oh. with gasoline-powered stuff. And that includes weed eaters and even chainsaws, blowers, right. you name it. It's Time just, to go back to school, insane. man. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> All right, folks, you're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. Please think about why you choose MPB as your station for news and thoughtful discussion. And then support everything you love about MPB by contributing what you think is fair. Do that by calling 888-372-4483 or give three minutes online at MPB on, uh, mpbonline.org. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspector Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And uh, how are you guys doing? We're 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 a little bit through the show, and uh, we've had a couple of emails. Are there any other uh, projects that you guys are working on lately? Before we get into another email, well, no. I've been um, tearing down a curtain wall, which has been you know I, I was thinking about this. Who Explain needs a curtain gym? wall. You, well, <laughs> you don't need a gym membership if you're going to own an old house. <laughs> Oh, yeah. to do. But it's the it's the wall that runs along. If you've got a raised foundation, there's a brick curtain wall that goes between the bottom of the house and the dirt. And it's not supportive in, in any way. Right. And um, I've had one that I've been taking down for a while. And it was so pretty this weekend. I thought today's the day. And uh, so I got the sledgehammer out and started swinging. And then I had to pick it all up and put it somewhere. So... <laughs> Well, that actually kind of sounds fun in a way. It was. I love a sledgehammer. And and actually, I had a really bad day on Monday at work. And I'm going to recommend everybody has something they can tear apart at the end of a bad day. Right. So I came home and pulled out my hammer and my uh, crowbar and went to town on a fence that had rotted. And I just tore tore that sucker down in like 30 minutes. I was so mad. (laughs) Wow. We just need to but buy you some. I felt so much better, you know. When it was over, I was like, "Oh, now I don't have to like choose somebody out." Right. <laughs> we didn't give you one of those squeezy toys, man. Uh, you well, need, yeah, yeah, well, a stress ball. Nothing like tearing something apart, though. Right. I'm telling you, I don't know if Jeff's like that, but I love a sledgehammer. <laughs> give me a wall. Jeff's busy putting it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff's busy putting it together. He can't take it apart. He's, he's busy working on it. It took him half a day. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I got an email here. I heard Pam speaking about sealing wood structures here in the humidity. I have an old wooden pergola. Shopkeeper said it, uh, that it was made in India and maybe teak. What do you all recommend I spray or brush onto it? Thanks so much for your show. Ooh, teak. Ooh. Um, yeah. and I, I, like, I, like, uh, I like a tongue oil. Um, a, a teak is some sort of oil is what I like for teak. Okay. All right. Pam, thoughts? You know, this is one of those things where I'm going to go to the small paint shops and go in and have a conversation about what do I need to prepare that and then what do I need to seal that. Is there any and situation be- where either of you would ever paint this wood? 
Ooh, no. Not Teak. No. Not Teak. Teak is too pretty. You don't want to oh, really yeah. put a paint on top of that. You want to accentuate that wood. Okay. And it, I mean, it is great wood for for water. You know, like if if you mo- most of the wood on boats will be teak, really, because it is great wood for for water exposure. Yes, absolutely. Okay. You know, one of the things I'm looking at because I looked that up, and this is interesting. It says leave your furniture out in the sun for two weeks to open up the grain. Really? This will help the sealer adhere correctly. That's fascinating. I would have never thought about that. Uh, nor have I. Um, okay, so leading into that, since you guys are on this kind of topic, we've got another uh, question here. Hi, we, we've never had paint to last on our steps made of pressure-treated wood. Lasts about one year. Do you have suggestions? Yeah. yeah. Uh, paint it again. Uh, thanks hey no it is not it's not going to last on that think think about what you're doing okay you 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 have a piece of wood we all know that wood expands and contracts and i don't care if it's pressure treated i don't care what it is wood is going to move uh so now i've got a substrate that's moving i'm walking on it multiple times per day and now i'm complaining that the paint won't stay on it right so no that is okay that is that it's a maintenance issue if you're tired of the maintenance rip your wood steps out and do concrete or brick right wow you're you're feeling absolute today jeff yeah. <laughs> hey Jeff, could you use the um the like the Tyvek products or instead? And what what is our, that? Oh no, well, I'm, I didn't use the right term. What's the stuff you always say that we should build our decks out of now? Oh, the well, yeah, a, a, a synthetic wood. Yes, yeah, of course. That's a good so idea. Add, add that add that to your list of options. But, yeah, yeah, but you know what. What we always have to remember, um, remember what what we're doing here. You know, I'm, I'm painting a piece of wood, and now I'm complaining that the wood that the wood that the paint won't stay on it, and I walk on it every day. Right. If, if you walk if you walked on your dining room table, it's it's it's, it's, it's going to come off. Right. So, I do that all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. We, I have that problem dancing Pam, on my dining room right. table, and yeah. I can't keep the finish when, on there. <laughs> When you're dancing, when you're dancing on your dining room table, take your shoes off. Right, no heels. <laughs> so, uh, is there an, okay? I'm going to bring this up because you know, on this program, if you've never listened before, we have two experts here: licensed contractors. One's an inspector. My whole job is to try things, blow it, and then fix it again. So that's my gig. So the first thing I would have looked at was, hey. Can I put some of that leak seal stuff on this and just make it rubberized? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I guess you could, but but or maybe I maybe mean, some of the Thompsons kind of uh, Rhino Shield kind of stuff, you know, that you paint onto an old deck. Yeah, yeah, you know, the more the more you do to it, the better the better your result is going to be. I think. Right, uh, and I think they've got those treads because uh, I actually have a friend 
He sent me his uh, ring doorbell video of him falling down his steps because they were slippery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. He just yep. disappeared, and I, I laughed pretty hard. And I said, well, you need to go get you some of those treads so that you don't do that again because that looks right. like that was not a lot of fun. That was not a good day. Yeah, well, you know, my father had a walkway that was under a tree, and it always kind of – it was wood, and it always got uh, uh, green growth on it. And it was about the slipperiest thing you could ever imagine. My father had to go out about three times a year and put down, uh, you know, like house wash to get rid of the stuff yeah. so people wouldn't just yep. slip. So Yeah, you got to be careful. So I would, I'm kind of with Jeff or, or Jason. Um, I would look at something to, you know, rubberize something, something. So that you're not falling something, something. Right. Okay. <laughs> Here's another one, guys. Some time ago, the lady home inspector, that would be you, Pam, mentioned that she went into a backyard while she was doing an inspection and noticed no mosquitoes and that they were terrible everywhere else. She said uh, she would have to look into what they did. What mosquito prevention did she mention or did she ever? So, what did you say, the Pam? Spartans. It's the Spartans. It's the tubes that... Um, I like I, that, yes. Man, yes. those things, and I keep them. Now, I what, actually keep them what in is stock. That? It, well, it's a it's tube, a, and you add water to it, yeah. and it's it a will attract the mosquitoes, right. and it prevents them from being able to uh, multiply, doesn't it, Jeff? Well, yeah, yeah maybe. I don't know, but it's a, it's a bait. So, uh, so what you're doing, you are attracting those mosquitoes to the bait. Right. So obviously, you want to keep that away from where you are. Um, it, they work. I, I like them. I really do. I've got a couple in 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 my yard. You just put them back away from where you would enjoy your yard and let the mosquitoes enjoy that other part of it. So. And don't forget about a thermocell. And now you can buy a thermocell to go on a gas canister, and it lasts forever. Okay. There you go, folks. All right. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Yes, you. And if you want to become a sustaining member and help bring this show and many others to listeners across the state and beyond, visit our website, mpbonline.org, or call 877-372-4483. That's 888-372-4483. Stay tuned because coming up next at 10 is Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday for another edition of Fix It 101, heard only on MPB Think Radio.